and welcome to Financial Practice Made Perfect, a bi-weekly podcast of independent financial brokers of Canada. I'm Nancy Allen, Executive Director of IFB. In each episode, we have a brief conversation with a subject matter expert on topics that are relevant for independent financial advisors. We've been on hiatus the last couple of months, but I'm glad to be back and uh, welcome today my guest, Roberta Tassin. Roberta is a partner at the Magnus Group and the broker for the IFB Individual and Corporate E&O programs. Roberta is a frequent speaker at IFB events on topics relating to professional liability insurance and managing advisors' exposure to risk. Roberta, welcome. Thank you, Nancy. So, Roberta, E&O insurance is a mandatory licensing requirement for financial advisors in most jurisdictions in Canada. And in some ways, I think the fact that it's mandated makes it something that advisors just don't really think about. It becomes one more thing just to tick off the compliance checklist, but this type of coverage provides important protection to an advisor's business and really warrants careful consideration before purchasing. What would you say are the top three things that an advisor should think about when it comes to their E&O coverage? Great question. Thanks, Nancy. As you've indicated, although E&O insurance is a mandatory licensing requirement, it is crucial for advisors to have E&O insurance to protect themselves and their assets. Independent advisors cannot rely on their employer's insurance to provide protection since they have their own business. As such, they need to carry their own insurance and furthermore assure that it meets all of their needs in providing adequate protection for their business. To this end, I suggest the top three items advisors should consider when purchasing E&O insurance are the following. So the first one would be who is covered. Many advisors focus on purchasing an E&O insurance policy that evidences their own name on the certificate of insurance and then they stop there. But many advisors have additional exposures in operating their business, such as but not limited to um, an advisor possibly having employees. So advisors that um, have employees need to carefully review the finer details of coverage. Are the employees covered under the advisor's E&O insurance or do they need to purchase their own coverage? An advisor having a corporation, so some advisors have personal corporations for tax purposes, and others have corporations which employ multiple individuals and transact business for other advisors. It is key to determine what coverage, if any, is afforded under the advisor's E&O insurance for a corporation that he or she may own. The corporation may be listed on the advisor's certificate, but the insurance may not afford the appropriate coverage for the corporation. And lastly, an advisor being required to add their MGA life agency or mutual fund dealer to their E&O policy. So many advisors enter into contracts where they are required to identify the agency or dealer in the event that the agency and or dealer are named in the claim alongside the advisor. So does the E&O insurance policy of the advisor provide that vicarious liability coverage for these different parties? So all of those three items are definitely important to consider in who is covered under the E&O policy. The second item that an advisor should think about when it comes to their E&O coverage is really what is covered. So many advisors focus on buying an E&O insurance policy or get issued a certificate of insurance that evidences the verbiage errors and omissions and they actually stop there. It is crucial for advisors to understand what coverage their E&O insurance actually provides. So two key areas to focus on are One, all E&O insurance policies will provide coverage for both legal costs and damages in the event of a covered claim where a client alleges negligence or that an error or omission has occurred in the rendering of covered professional services. What many advisors fail to realize is that the other key item, 
And key claims exposure inherent in the operation of their business is a complaint filed by a client to a regulator or an investigation commenced by a regulator such as FISCO or the MFDA against the advisor. In this scenario, it is imperative that advisors have appropriate representation during this process and have access to E&O insurance. Advisors should assure that their E&O insurance policy not only covers civil claims, but also regulatory matters. And two, E&O insurance policies vary in the coverage they afford to financial advisors for the product services that they um, uh, sell. Advisors need to review their coverage to determine, am I covered for all of the products and services that I am licensed to sell and provide? It's a very key question, as some E&O plans in the market are product-defined, wherein the policy lists the products that are covered in the event of a claim. This could be quite problematic if you could imagine, as the list may not be current or may not englobe any new product the advisor may commence to sell in the future. Unfortunately, the onus is always on the advisor to assure this list is current. Other E&O plans are practice-defined in that all product services that an advisor is able to provide, as per their license registration, are covered subject to the terms of the policy. An advisor should assure that they have a policy that provides all-encompassing coverage for the products that they are licensed registered to sell and service. And then the last item that I would suggest an advisor should think about when it comes to their E&O coverage is really um, the advisor considering who is the insurer and if purchasing coverage through a group insurance program, the stability of the actual program. So as with all insurance products, E&O insurance is an intangible product and accessed when a claim presents itself. You know, really a worst case scenario for an advisor. It is at this crucial and stressful time that you wish to assure that you are being represented by an insurer and by a group insurance program that is first and foremost financially stable, that has expertise in the handling of financial advisor E&O insurance claims, and last but not least, has a fast and fair claims processing capability and focus. So I also know that E&O is becoming an increasing focus of the life insurance regulators and that some of them are taking a really hard line on gaps in coverage. So in other words, a period of days, weeks, or months between the expiry of one E&O policy and the inception date of the next. Could you talk a little bit about this trend? Yes, that is correct, Nancy. Uh, Over the last year, we have noticed an increased focus and attention by various provincial regulators across Canada on assuring that life agents are compliant with the provisions of the Insurance Act as it relates to E&O insurance. In their role as regulators, the random audits that they perform are continuing. But in these audits, we do note that regulators are now more than ever paying very close attention to the actual date that the advisor applies or renews their E&O insurance and then also the date that the certificate of insurance is issued. If an advisor renews his or her E&O insurance after the expiry date of their current coverage, some regulators are interpreting this as meaning that the advisor may then have had a lapse in E&O insurance, which is in contravention of the licensing requirements. To exacerbate the situation, if the advisor signs their license renewal application advising they have had continuous E&O insurance when in fact there has been a potential gap in coverage, the advisor may be making a material misrepresentation on their license application. This is not good. Due to the above, it is highly recommended that all advisors renew their E&O insurance well in advance of the expiry date and ensure that confirmation of coverage is in place and received for their records before that expiry date. This is not only to abide by the requirements of your license, but it is also good practice in ensuring you have continuity of cover and enforce coverage in the event of a claim. 
So IFB's individual E&O program renews July 1, and we're kind of in the thick of things right now at the towards the end of June with uh, renewals coming in fast and furious. Are there any things that advisors should be thinking about as they're approaching the renewal of their E&O coverage? Yes, great question, Nancy. And as we do every year, both IFB and Magnus would like to prepare members, and we have been doing so for the last few weeks, by asking them to think about any situations with clients or with regulators that have come up over the last year, which may lead to a potential claim in the future. This isn't uh, just good practice. It's actually a requirement of all E&O policies prior to the expiration date. In the case of the IV program, it is July 1st. Because advisor E&O policies are claims made, it's a requirement to report any possible claims or circumstances which may result in a claim or any regulatory matters or inquiries to your insurer prior to your expiry date in order to ensure that coverage is available. Not to stress this enough, but it is especially important to do this prior to the expiry date of your policy. And as just mentioned, in the case of the IFB ENO insurance program, the expiry date is July 1, 2017. To report such claims or circumstances or regulatory matters, or if you're unsure whether or not you should report something under the IFB program, you can contact my colleague at Magnus, Lorraine Palmer, and she can be reached at one 800 650 3435 extension 337 or feel free to contact myself same number but at extension 349. So that's all the time that we have today for financial practice made perfect. My thanks to Roberta Tassen, partner at the Magnus Group for sharing her insights. If you'd like to listen to past episodes of this podcast, you can find them on our website at www.ifbc.ca or subscribe to them at iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm Nancy Allen. Thanks for listening. 